In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Plenty of off-season stuff to talk about as far as the Browns are concerned. And in-season, well, you know exactly what we're talking about. We're talking about the Super Bowl. Daryl, let's start here. The Cincinnati Bengals eliminated by a field goal at the end of the game uh, in the AFC Championship by the Kansas City Chiefs. And, uh, you know, immediately I say to myself, well, what does this mean for the AFC North? What does this mean for the Browns that Cincinnati didn't make the Super Bowl? And I think logic would tell you that might have taken a little bit of heat off the coaching staff. What do you think? Yeah, I I think so. Um, Because they were that close to getting to -to back-to-back Super Bowls. I mean, they missed it by that much. Um and I think that had they made the Super Bowl a second straight year, that would have just really intensified the just what the hell are the Cleveland Browns doing conversation in town, right? You know, why uh, could the bungling Bengals, when they bottomed out, what um, they were able to win six games. When the Browns did it, they won one game over two years. Uh, Cincinnati, um, you know, within three years of that, got to a Super Bowl. The best the Browns could do was a divisional round game in Kansas City. Uh, and they got no further from that. And since then, the Browns have had to replace the starting quarterback. Uh, they have replaced the defensive coordinator now. They have followed that up with back-to-back losing seasons. Uh, whereas the Bengals have sustained that success. And that that team, Andy, is going nowhere. Like the, the Bengals are going to be a pain in the ass to deal with now for as long Years as Joe Bur- Yeah, I mean, as long as Joe Burrow is healthy, right? They are just going to be difficult to deal with. Um, I, I have been saying that it just it's the Browns' luck that Ben Roethlisberger finally retires. And then now this guy comes along. The good news here is, well, the Bengals are like one of few teams the Browns have shown any type of competency and ability to beat <laughs> against, right? Uh, the uh, Prior to Sunday's loss, the Browns were the last team the Bengals had lost to. Uh, and that, that, you know, that Halloween beatdown. But they're not going anywhere anytime soon. They are the standard within the division now. They are the team to beat. Uh, I would say Baltimore is number two. And then basically it's Cleveland and Pittsburgh playing for last place. That's that is my overall assessment of the AFC North, subject to change with what happens with Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens, because that could uh, have a tremendous impact, obviously, uh, on this division going forward. What do you think? You think they could trade him? You think they would want to trade him? Maybe just try to bring in a big haul and try to regroup, considering the way things have gone and how he's been injured and, you know, the situation in Baltimore. This, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me, this is just me, if Baltimore said to themselves, you know what, is this worth this? Is this what we really want? And if someone else is willing to pay him, well, then let's see what we can bring back in here, knowing that we can franchise him for the next two years. Do they want to trade him? No. Are they going – do they – might might they have to trade him? Possibly. Um, I – yeah, we've talked about this on previous podcasts. I don't like some of the narrative that is surrounding that situation. Like what? Like what? Questioning a guy's availability and whether or not 
he could have played or was he doing something to show the Ravens how valuable he really is to them by not playing late in the season and in the playoffs? I don't like that type of conversation because these guys are all competitors. Um, and I just, I think it's disrespectful. Um, but I'm not in Baltimore. I don't know the intimate details of everything that's going on down there. Uh, I have friends that work in that market that that, that I uh, have uh, talked to. It just seems like it's messy with Lamar and the Ravens right now, right? It doesn't help that Lamar doesn't have an agent. I understand. I'm not criticizing him. I understand uh, why he doesn't have an agent. He basically wants uh, Deshaun Watson's contract. That reset the the calculus in his mind as far as his expectations and what he was looking for. Joe Burrow, okay. What I mean, I think the conversation with Joe Burrow has to start at three hundred million dollars because now the Bengals are in that spot, right? They've got to ex- get him signed to an extension. Um, and th- and this is the kind of the the bugaboo. And I know we're going to get into like the salary cap situation later on in this podcast, Andy, but. You know, you're you're seeing a lot of these teams with these young, prolific quarterbacks. They're in a rush to get to a Super Bowl and try and win a Super Bowl on the rookie contract because they're not having to allocate massive salary cap resources to that position. They can surround the team, you know, spend it all on the team. The Chiefs are kind of like the, I guess, the exception to the rule because they've this is their third Super Bowl in five years, uh, five straight conference championship games. They are the standard of sustained success now in the AFC. And, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes is on that big, you know, going to be on that big contract, that $500 million contract extension uh, that he signed. And so this is where the, the gymnastics, the financial accounting salary cap gymnastics will kind of start to kick in place. Well, the Browns are in that spot now with Deshaun Watson, and they have nothing really to show for their efforts. They have a playoff victory. That's it. One in 31 got you one playoff win. And I'm sorry, not acceptable, not good enough, Browns. It's just, it's not. And I know some in that building, and I know fans think that I am unfair and too critical. but. I'm sorry. When I look at other teams around the league, I watch a lot of football around the NFL, a ton. And there are times where it's like, I'm watching a different sport. It's I'm watching completely different operations. And the, 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 the difference between what I always, what I always see every year with the Cleveland Browns versus what I see around the league, it's night and day. It's Jekyll and Hyde, man. So yeah, not good enough that the, all you got, for one in 31 was a playoff win. That's it. Because they're they're in retool mode right now. Like it or not, the Cleveland Browns right now, they're in retool mode. Two straight losing seasons. They're the last place team in the AFC North. They are chasing. Yeah, Daryl, you can say re, retool. Uh, retool. Yeah, I guess retool is the right word. Because it's not full destruction rebuild mode. Right. It's, it's retool it's mode. And then the other part of this that you're talking about that's kind of sticking in the back of my head is when you were looking through all the quarterbacks in the AFC North, it's I started thinking to myself, well, people think Kenny Pickett can be a decent quarterback. And if we have to compare Deshaun Watson to Kenny Pickett, failure. Failure for the Browns. There's like no question 
for what they gave up for Deshaun Watson, if we're sitting here saying, well, this real challenge isn't, he's not ready yet for Lamar Jackson, which he should be. Um, and he's not ready for Joe Burrow, which he should be. But if we're talking about him battling Kenny Pickett and trying to figure out who the third or fourth best quarterback is in the AFC North, then the deal was an epic failure. 100%. Like the whole reason for trade for making this trade, taking the PR hit that they took, which by the way, wasn't nearly as big as it probably should have been. Um, I, I can, I have a theory on that too. Yeah. I mean, well, let's uh, be honest. I mean, all fans care about one thing, wins and losses. That, that That's what they care about. Um, the other thing, too, is there could have been a lot of noise when he first came back, but Houston was so bad. No one was at the game, and there was yeah. no noise. So there was no news to report. So there was no, you know, oh, Deshaun's getting, you know, a hassle doing his own. That, that never happened because the people in Houston really just didn't care, and it was our problem. Yeah, 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 they, yeah, yeah, you know, they, they won the game, and, and you know, uh, you know, without Watson having to carry the team and, and be any good. Um, and those six weeks that he played, let's be honest about it. He wasn't. So all the talk was, wait a minute, Deshaun kind of sucks. He's got all this rust to knock off. Yada, yada, yada. That's, that's what people were talking about. Is he got to get back to being the guy we saw in Houston on the field? Um, but you're right. This division needs to be going forward. Joe Burrow v. Deshaun Watson. That's what this. That's what the AFC North needs to be year in and year out for the next five, six, seven years, to, or however long Watson is here for. Um, so fair or not, that's that's what the Browns set themselves up for, and they have to live up to it. You know, uh, when you're when you're going through a uh, a season where you have like that breakout year, right? You're 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 the underdog. Everyone's right. Twenty twenty Browns. 2021 Bengals comes to mind, right? And then the following year, when the expectations hit you, right? Well, the Bengals, they embraced the expectations. They got back to the conference championship green. The Browns, shoom, folded under. Oh, by the way, did you see the Justin Herbert news today? No. We'll talk about that coming up next. All right, let's and do that. Yeah. Let's do that. Put something, puts, puts 2021 in perspective even more for Browns fans as far as what an abject failure it was. All right. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. We leave you with that thought and we come right back. It's always game day in Cleveland. Daryl Ryder, Andy Baskin with you talking all things Browns. Quick reminder, mobile sports betting, finally legal here in the state of Ohio. BetQL is here to help you make the most informed bets possible. See all of today's best bets by heading to BetQL.com or downloading the BetQL app and claim your free three-day trial today. Head to BetQL.com slash news slash 92.3 the fan for exclusive sportsbook offers. Hmm. All right, Daryl, when we last left, it's always game day in Cleveland. By the way, if you like what you're listening to, why don't you subscribe to the podcast? We enjoy having you on board. Uh, Daryl, let's talk about Justin Herbert and uh, trying to figure out exactly what happened there and then comparing that to the Browns. Yeah, uh, so came out Monday that uh, he's out of the Pro Bowl games, unable to participate because he had surgery to repair a torn left labrum in his mm. shoulder. Does that sound familiar? And um, he might have had a few other injuries as well that he was playing through. Well, how do you know that? What do you mean? And yet the Chargers managed to get to the playoffs. So, yeah. 
It's just another detail of frustration to pile on the failure that is the Cleveland Browns. But are you are you going back two years to Baker Mayfield? Yes, I am. I'm just making sure. Yes, I am. I hate to do it, but darn it, I feel an obligation to do it. Um, I'm not not jumping on the pile or anything, but for the love of God, why can't anything good happen here? Why can't guys fight through adversity and succeed here? Right? I'm tired of reading all these stories that are very similar to stuff that happens to the Browns, and the Browns have to suck, and they have to succeed. It's like that every year. It's maddening, Baskin, right? Isn't it, though? Like I've given up. I'm going to be honest. Faces adversity, and the Browns suck, and they succeed. It's mind-blowing. You know, for the first time ever, I saw another team be as miserable as the Browns at the end of a game, and that was the Bengals against the Chiefs. <laughs> I mean, they couldn't catch. Uh, I, I, never mind. I don't want to get in trouble. They, they, they couldn't catch a break. Now, yeah, there's some kind of venereal disease joke that I probably could have popped. Oh, up, I'm not yeah, going to. So not, I'm just saying. They, I just they couldn't. They couldn't catch a cold standing on the beach. There you go. That's oh, fine enough. Yes. Yeah. I, I just. I, I mean, Daryl. It's just like I watched the end of that game and when they call the intentional grounding pass, I'm like, man, I have seen way worse passes throughout the season that weren't called. And now all of a sudden you're looking at that and I'm just like, I don't know. I mean, yes, the, uh, most of it's their own fault. And that I, I actually feel bad about the personal fault at the end of the game. And, I don't made a well, bad choice. He, here's my point. My point I mean, is the Oscar goes to Patrick Mahomes. He sold it, but right. But if you play for the Bengals, you got to ask yourself, okay, we put ourselves in a spot that one 15 yard personal foul was going to be the make or break play in the game. What could I have done earlier in the game to make a play? How could I have stopped one of those earlier touchdowns? What could I have done on defense in one play that maybe would have put us in a spot where we didn't have to be at that play. Maybe Joe. Burrow and I thought Zach play. Taylor did a nice job yeah. after the game, just saying, Hey, we, we can't lean that all on one play. We had opportunities and we didn't take advantage of it. Yeah. Maybe Joe Burrow could have completed one or two extra passes uh, in the final five minutes of that game. Right. Or, I, or a couple passes to the right team. Correct. Same thing. Yeah, I mean, they, they had two possessions down the stretch in, in a tie game in which they could have taken the lead and positioned themselves to, to put that thing away and they didn't get it done. And so, yeah, look, officiating didn't cost them the game, even though the officiating sucked. And I, I have, quite the grind against the NFL when it comes to their officiating, especially now that sports gambling is legal, like it is here in the state of Ohio. And you've got people, you know, betting their money on these outcomes of these games. Um, and the officiating is affecting final scores and things like that. It, there's going to come a point where something's going to happen. And I don't want to say you're going to have accusations of impropriety, but it wouldn't shock me if at some point, People want to know if there's some impropriety going on. If yeah, this, I think it's I think it's front and center for us though because but I think it's front and center for us because we're in the state of Ohio. Other states have been right. going through this for a while. I mean, it's not like right. they know what's going. They've been doing this for months, and we just we kind of hopped on. So now we're and <laughs> I they, think we're ultra sensitive to it. Yeah, and the reason the NFL like doesn't go out of their way to solve that problem is because the NFL always subscribes to the philosophy of any publicity is good publicity. They're talking about us 24-7, 365. Uh, we're going to put flag football on for the Pro Bowl this year, even though they've been putting flag football on for the Pro Bowl for like the last Bro, they're years. doing. People they, are going to watch it. Like no matter. Daryl, they're doing it, a longest. 
They're doing a longest drive. They're doing a balloon throwing contest. Come on. You're water doing, balloons. you're missing the most important. They're doing dodgeball. Dodgeball. And then they're yes. doing this thing called, how many guys are going to get hurt on this move the chains game that they're playing uh, where you have to move weight? Yeah. I, um, it's just I, one I, player I, to get hurt in this stupid thing. One. I know, but I'm going to be honest with you. I love all this stuff that they're doing more than having to sit through three hours of watching them not even try to play a game. Like, you know I'll what I mean? Honest, like, I'd rather watch them try to do like the Emmys like they do for NFL. Well, honors. they do. It's called NFL watch. honors. Yeah. I mean, NFL. I'd rather watch that than with this garbage they're putting on. This is ridiculous. Uh, honestly, I said it, but the NFL has money to make. Um, Look, I love Wyatt Teller. He was named a Pro Bowl alternate on Monday. But let's be honest about it. Did they really need Pro Bowl alternates for this thing? I mean, let's let's be do that. No, they they don't. It, especially well, if, if you're going to play a game like flag football, you still need teams, and you're still going to. Although I don't know what's an offensive lineman it's, do. It's football? no con, it's no contact, Andy. It's it's like seven. So you on, have to stand it's, there. It's like se- it's like seven on seven. Oh, then why even bother with the offensive lineman? I mean, good for him. You know what I'm I got to believe Wyatt got some kind of bonus for that, right? So good for him. I, again, I'm not I'm not taking anything away from Wyatt. I want to make that very clear. I'm not criticizing Wyatt. I'm I'm not, you know, I'm I swear I'm not. But if anything, I'm criticizing the the whole Pro Bowl thing. Um, I think that the Pro Bowl should be just like the awards are. The Associated Press with NFL honors and releases their all NFL teams, um, all AFC, all NFC teams. We, uh, I is a member of the pro football writers, uh, uh, you know, I cast my ballots for all, all the major awards, even though we're not the award that gets recognized at NFL honors. Those are the a- AP awards. Um, but I, you know, I cast my ballot for the all AFC, all rookie, all NFC, all, all whatever. Um, but I, I just feel like that's what the pro bowl should be. Here are your pro bowlers. Here's your pro, you know, Pro Bowlers at each position, and that's the end of it. Um, instead of like doing these games and stuff like that, but recognizing that the NFL prints money and they have to make money, um, I think that what they're doing as far as having these skill competitions, you know, linemen that can you know pump the most iron and stuff like that, move the move the sleds and think you know dodgeball, coming up with all these other games that I I, I can't wait to kick cack. Toe, kick, cack, toe, or whatever they're calling it—the kicking game with the kick—I can't wait to watch that. That's going to be fun. Uh, that might be interesting. I'll give you that. I, you know, um, again, it's better than watching guys play touch football for three hours because the, the the game itself became a joke. So I'm okay with all these activities if they have to do something. But my point is, the Pro Bowl really should be just like the All NFL teams or the All Conference teams. You're a Pro Bowler, and that's it. Um, I want to talk about the Super Bowl, but we only have one more minute. And I just come looking at this. There was a statement we have really all the time in the world. Nah, no, we don't. I can't, I don't have you have all the time in the world. I have other things going on. I mean, Actually, I, I mean, as a single man in his 40s, unfortunately, I kind of do. <laughs> no, just wait. If we're just being wait, you, you still won't have it. Just wait till uh, you got to be spoon fed. Life will be good for you. Oh, God in heaven. Actually, uh, what do I got? Here? Just take me, just. Take me then, Lord. All right, let me leave you with this tease because we're going to talk a little bit. I might even save the cap stuff for the next one because I do want to talk about the Super Bowl because we haven't done that. And <laughs> the day after the Super Bowl, you know, Joseph Asai had the the crazy hit at the end of the game. 
And Jermaine Pratt decided he was going to say something the day after the Super Bowl. In fact, he just said it. When we return on It's Always Game Day in Cleveland, I will tell you what he had to say. We'll talk more about the Super Bowl. We'll talk more about the Kelsey Bowl, right? Because that's really what it is. And every time I turn up, uh, turn on the TV, I see uh, Heights High this and Heights High that. So let's talk about that when we come back. It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. If you want to be a part of the show, hit us up on social media. You know how to do it. Uh, at Game Day CLE on Instagram and Twitter. It's always Game Day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast. All right, so Daryl, let's talk a little bit more about the Super Bowl and where we are in the playoffs. We've got the Bengals and we've got, uh, I'm sorry, I said the, we, we got the Bengals being eliminated and we started on that in the beginning of the show. I do want to tell you this quote here in a second from Jermaine Pratt. Uh, so we'll have, <coughs> excuse me, after a very boring NFC championship, uh, we have the, Uh, Philadelphia Eagles moving on to the Super Bowl to take on the Kansas City Chiefs, who won in an exciting fashion by kicking a late field goal. So anyway, to set up that field goal, which was what, a 45-yarder? Would have been close to a 60-yarder, and maybe if they, I don't know if they could have ran another play or not, but uh, it was the one time Patrick Mahomes decided to run, and when he run, as you said, he sold it really well. He was already out of bounds uh, when he got tapped by Joseph Asai, and then the day after, Jermaine Pratt apologized for blasting his teammate on the costly hit, saying he was emotional and he wasn't a great teammate. Again, I, I don't, I mean, was it a stupid play? Absolutely. But it is the reason the Bengals lost the game. No, it's not. It's one of the reasons why they lost the game. What do you think of the Super Bowl matchup? Yeah, um, I, I'll say this. It's the heat of the moment. He got caught on TV uh or on video that got oh yeah out on social media dropping the the f bomb about the you know how could you hit the quarter why would you hit the the bleeping quarterback and yeah and and look that's the natural human reaction to you know to being in that moment um and i think that intelligent fans intelligent members of the media take that for what it is it is a there's a reason there's a 10 minute cool off period before we get in the locker room to ask questions and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> so I know that uh, this year there was yelling and screaming uh, outside the Browns locker room in Baltimore. And then it turns out we found out who was doing the yelling and screaming uh, <laughs> after that uh, loss to the Ravens. It was Jadavian Clowney bitching and complaining about his, uh, his role and the lack of leadership and all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that, that is, um, that is just one of those raw emotional uh, situations. But looking forward to the Kelsey Bowl. Um, I've always wanted to be a sports comedian like Mike Polk is. Um, the sports comedian in me would say, hey, the Kelsey brothers getting to the Super Bowl is the closest thing Cleveland's had or will have to getting to the big game, you know. Um, but it, it's great for them. You know, Nick Sirianni, the former Mount. Uh, Union Purple Raider there, uh, him uh, getting uh, in. Um, it, it always seems like every year there's a Northeast Ohio tie to the Super Bowl, be it players, coaches, executive. It's just it would be nice if the actual franchise here would deign or dare to participate once every 60 years. That that would be nice. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to the Kelsey Bowl. God bless his parents. They're getting all kinds of TV and media time 
Uh, I, I bet their phone is ringing off the hook nonstop with interview requests and stuff like that. Um, I love what Jason Kelsey said after the game. Congratulations, mom. You, you, you know, you're, you're going to be a winner no matter what happens. Uh, one of her kids is going to have two Super Bowl rings and one of her kids is going to have one. Um, I think, I think Travis has a little more mileage on the tires maybe than Jason. So I don't know. Do you root for Jason? Because maybe this is his last shot to win another ring. And you just assume that, you know, Travis is going to have plenty of chances to add to his jewelry collection. Is that the mentality you go here, Andy? I, I you know, what's been interesting over the last week, it's been, um, there's been a lot of talk about Jason being, you know, one of the greatest tight ends of all time. I'll, I'll say he's one of, I can't sit here and tell you, I think he's like, I read a headline said he's the greatest tight end of all time. I'm not. He's on the path. Yeah. I don't know how you can say that while someone's he's in the, in the conversation. Of he's not there yet, but he's in the, the conversation is worth worth having, but you gotta, you're, no, I you're, thought you're, what was interesting yeah. about yesterday's game is he almost didn't play because of back issues that was reported. I, I think by Mike uh, Garofalo. Didn't he, rep- he report that? I thought that was everybody him. reported he had back issues. Okay, I thought. Well, I thought he, he, he basically walked around telling everyone I'm playing. But you didn't answer my question as a dad. All right, as which a dad, kid, which kid are you rooting for on Super Sunday? Put yourself in the Kelsey's shoes right now. Who? Which kid are you rooting for, Jason? Neither. Or I'm just rooting for a good game in my kitchen. Oh, sorry. That's you're such. I'm a sorry, guy. man. I mean, I, I just, chicken, chicken. Don't want to answer the question. I. I mean. I have loyalty to both of them. Travis you know what? Been nice enough to come on the radio show. I've done some stuff with Jason back when I was doing TV. His dad, Ed, was on our show the other day. He was fantastic. You know, the biggest point I'll that answer I get, the question. I'm rooting you know, for Jason because it's probably his last chance to win a ring. So I'll probably – What do you want? You want another mummer speech? Is that what you want? Oh, I want another parade speech from him. I, I got to be honest with you. There aren't very <laughs> many, there aren't very many um, podcasts that I want to listen to. I listen to – Last Kingdom podcast. I listened to the Office podcast. Um, I listened to Anchorman. I listened to um, a, a, just a few. This week, I really want to listen to the New Heights um, podcast between Jason and uh, Travis. I think it's going to be great, especially if you're from here. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing to me how these two guys who don't live here anymore still have this great tie to the city. They've done a ton for They're always in town. They always yeah. come. Like, they're always around. Like, it's not like they, they – I mean – they they both no, didn't Travis play in Travis played in the softball tournament in yeah. um what's his name softball tournament um yeah the, the I forget the the yeah the the charity Joe Hayden softball, softball team, right it was Joe Hayden softball tournament for a long yeah. time out in East Lake so I just you know I do think this comes at a really good time for not to get political or get kind of crazy on this stuff but and it's not political but you know Cleveland Heights there was a big fight at Cleveland Heights just two weeks ago and it was all over in the news and. You know, there were a number of – it was after a basketball game. Now they had to change the rules on the basketball game on who can come. The cheerleaders and players can only have their parents and two yeah. other tickets attend. And it's a brand-new school. I also think that there was – you know, there might have been a rush to prejudge. Like, I got a ton of texts when it happened last week about, oh, why would anybody want to go to Cleveland Heights? And, oh, this is horrible and blah, 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 blah. It's a good school. There are good kids at that school. There are good teachers at that school. I mean, look, I just, it bothered the, you know, what out of me. And then I talked to a buddy of mine who's still very involved with the high schools. And I just said to him last night, I go, finally, some super positive news for the city of Cleveland Heights. And for this, I mean, look, the, the city of Cleveland Heights had call in backup on that fight. And so it just makes you wonder, you know, a lot about what was going in there for the police to have to call in other, um, 
other cities or suburbs. Maybe they, they, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how bad that situation was, but when you see video of people fleeing and then you might see a fight or two here or there, then you have to wonder, you know, oh my God, what was going on there? So it's been a bad on mm-hmm. education and youth and teacher yeah. and how teachers are treated, but I will keep those to myself. Uh, my, yeah, no, I, and I'm with you. And I also like no one. Talks- so I hear, I hear the stories of stuff that she has to, uh, she has yeah. to deal with and, and that, and uh, I'll keep those to myself uh, other than, other than just saying there needs to be better parenting. <laughs> that, uh, there enough. are, there, there are things that I see kids pulling off today that I growing up would never even dare to attempt. And the reason why is because of the belt. Not that my dad used it, but I knew it was you there. Feared it. And same with I, me. I feared it too. I mean, we're from a different it's today. They're coddled. I I I talk to coaches. Um, you know, athletes today aren't nearly as is is um tough, I, I guess is the word to use, uh, as you know, uh previous generations in that. You know, every everyone gets a participation trophy, which I think is is not the greatest thing in the world. I'm all about inclusion. I'm all about individuality and making, you know, people uh, feel worth and recognition. But there's, there's, there's like, when you're talking about competition, there's a limit, there are winners and losers. And like uh, the beauty of sports is it teaches you teamwork. It teaches you life skills. It teaches you people skills. It teaches you to deal with adversity because everything in life isn't going to go your way. Um, And you're not entitled to anything, I, I, I've done uh, interviews with some high school kids uh, just about our business in general, and um, to hear their expectations of our business. Like, I wish I was living in the fantasy land that they live in. Um, and and so, yeah, I, I, I do the stories like that that, that pop up are, are very unfortunate, and uh, I, I feel for all of our educators out there. I feel like these days they just have such a thankless job. They work so hard yet. Uh, unfortunately they kind of get vilified. Um, but yeah, I, I, there's a lot of stuff going on with, with the, you know, young kids today and, um, God, the stuff that we used to do, like go out and play, go do, you know, get away from your phones, put the phones down, get away from the TVs and the computer monitors, get off the screens, go get off your phone. You know, get, go to the park, go hang out with your friends, go, you know, do, hey, go scrape up your knee playing pickup basketball, right? I mean, I'm not rooting oh, for no, anyone. We gotta go to the hospital. That's where we are now. You, that, so. you, you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Let me, let me leave you with this. Let's, let's end the show with this. And, and maybe we'll play some of the Ed Kelsey interview I did with him last week. And, and Jeff and I both talked to him that one of the biggest reasons he thinks that his boys have had success is not because they played football all the time. It was because his kids were involved in multiple yes, sports. Thank you. Standing and, away. You know, I, you know, the reason I know Travis and, and I, you know, I talked to Jason before I realized this, but you know, I'm friends with the guys that, t- that were his hockey coaches when he was a kid growing up. Cause I played with those guys and, you know, he wore the same sweater that I did when he played high school hockey and then growing up or even prep or youth hockey. And so, I mean, that's how I kind of know that, that world in sports, but Ed, I'm telling you, Ed went out of his way to talk about, you know, having his kids play hockey and making them better football players for it. I mean, you, you, I mean, first of all, the odds of being a professional athlete are super slim. Imagine being a, a mother and a father that not only put one kid in the NFL, they put two kids in the NFL. And to think that these two kids reached the pinnacle of sports 
And the father will tell you, Ed will tell you, one of the reasons was they played multiple sports. They played basketball. They played baseball. They played lacrosse. They did everything. And if I just get, if you listen to one thing I say today, the parents that think that their kids should be playing just one sport and the coaches that push kids to play one sport at like 9, 10, 11, 12 years old, or the parents that try to make the kids, the parents that try to make the kids and parents feel guilty for a kid that might play, I don't know, soccer or football or football and, and getting into basketball season or trying to get into another season. And they get all mad because there's conflict because baseball, you don't have to play these sports all year long. You're not helping your kids become better athletes. Yep. All you're doing is keeping them busy. Just well, go hire a babysitter that. instead, especially when they're young. Stop well, not it. only not only that, but they're you're not helping them physically develop. You know, play a fall sport, play a winter sport, play a spring sport, all require different muscles and tendons and stuff like that. And it makes you just a it makes you a better athlete rather than a guy that just picks whether it's basketball, baseball, hockey, whatever. And you just narrow in on that one thing. You become easy. It's easier for you to to suffer an injury because you're only working certain muscle groups. Whereas if you're playing a variety of sports, even if you're, uh, you, you don't have to play foot the the big three of football, basketball, baseball. You can quote specialize in one of those. Right? You either want to concentrate on football, basketball, or baseball, but supplement it with sports from other times of the year. Daryl, so let me just – and everything you said is 100% correct. Here's who I call out on this. It's the coaches that make the families feel guilty if they want to play multiple sports. It's the – hey, well, it's, this, it's, I'll, I'll it's call this it season. It it's this season, and why is my kid – why is this kid who's going to be a star on my team, on my nine-year-old team? And it's the thought of having to play basketball all year. It's the thought of playing hockey all year. You know, the one thing about football is it's really not an all-year sport, although with seven-on-seven, seven, they really are pushing it. And yeah. by the way, the other part of it is if you're playing football, you're probably in the weight room, so now you're getting multi-sport use just by weightlifting and training and doing that, so you're not locked into one sport. I can't tell you how much it, it bothers me, coaches that guilt families and guilt kids that are playing youth sports that say, well, it's football season now. You shouldn't be doing it. Okay, I understand it. When it's football season, you shouldn't play football, and that's great. But guess what? If there's a basketball tryout at the end of the season and you want that kid to go play basketball, let that kid go play basketball. Stop it. Stop trying to run these kids that are super young and they feel like they need to play 70 or 80 games a year. We're killing our kids, and it's no wonder we get killed out at international competition. It's no wonder that our kids are burned out by the time they get to the professional level because they played six, 700 games by the time they're 15 or 16. Stop the madness. Stop it. Thank you. And there public is service. Uh, it's always game day in Cleveland. Thank you. Uh, and there is like literally a, a 0.001% chance that your kid is going on to make a hundred million dollars a year as a pro athlete. That's the other part of it too. Like Amen. You're, Amen. It, it, having them start at nine year old at, at, you know, in their single digits and even before they become teenagers where they're now. And honestly, you know, when it, winning and losing does not matter. I would say until high school varsity sports in high school, then wins and losses matter until then it doesn't. It's about loving the game. It's about learning the game. It's about enjoying the game. And that, is my 
public service announcement, courtesy of It's Always Gay Day in Cleveland. There you go. We've done our public service announcements, and now we've done our due diligence, and we hope that you enjoyed listening to the broadcast today, or the podcast today. Podcast, yes. Because I'm so old. Thank you. Oh, 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 there I am. There. Oh, boomer. No, I'm not a boomer. I'm too young. Are you going to show me your FCC license now, Andy? No, my golden buck. I, I do have an FCC license, though, because we had to have so do I. the old yellow cards. Yeah, like, oh, here, here comes the FCC. They're coming. Where's your license? Where's your engineering license? You mean the one I sent a self-addressed stamp, stamped envelope to Washington, D.C. to get? Yeah, that really meant I was trained on how to run a radio station. But I had my card because I wasn't allowed on the air unless I had that stupid yellow You're card. You're a card-carrying member of the FCC. <laughs> Look for the FCC label, as if that was even real. All right. Thank you, Daryl. We appreciate you. We also appreciate Meredith Kane, who's probably pulling her hair out on the end of this last segment. So thanks for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. We are back. What is today? Today's Tuesday. So our next episode, Thursday morning. We drop on Tuesdays. We drop on Thursdays. And we drop when there's breaking news. He's Daryl. I'm Andy. It's Always Game Day in Cleveland.